This is the Stevie Fro podcast, episode number 54. Before I introduce today's guest, the producer of our podcast isn't with us today. Jeremy and his wife are in the hospital awaiting the arrival of their first child who's taken her sweet time introducing herself to the outside world. You remember those days, don't you? Yep. <laughs> uh, they're on their third full day of being there, and hopefully today, July 7th, will be the day that uh, baby Maxine emerges and begins her quest to dominate the earth. So please send Jeremy and Maria some positive vibes and as well as wishing them a very safe and healthy delivery. You know, you're not too old to start that process all over again, right? Nope. I started young and I'm done. Done? Finished? Done. As the dog days of summer approach and the dead period nears its end, it's a perfect time to talk a little football. Our guest today is entering his 14th season at the helm of the Cooper Jaguar football program. He is the reigning 5A, Class 5A, District 5, Kentucky Football Coaches Association Coach of the Year, an award he has won four times while at Cooper. Prior to being hired at Cooper, he was the head football coach for two years at Ludlow High School in 06 and 07, but began his career there as an assistant. And was it 1997? Was that your first year as a... 98. 98? I was close. Paving his path to the big job the old-fashioned way, working hard and staying loyal. Cooper football coach Randy Borchers. Coach, what's up, man? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm all right. Just got a quick question. Yes. So we go to school together. We've been buds for a long time. Yes. I'm number 54, 54. on the podcast. You were on the original list, but if I go through our text from last year... It was always, man, we're so busy with COVID, and I've got this, and the girls are doing that. I promise I, you that. I need to see those texts. I remember them very vividly. But we got to talk during the football show. I was able to call and get a little stuff yeah. there. So how's the dead period been? It's been nice. Um, you said yeah. you got a little busy there. Yeah, more so with the AD stuff than the football stuff. Um, you know, we give our kids a good three weeks off, and we tell them to get away and just kind of – unwind and relax and enjoy some time with the family and go on vacation and you know obviously we you know we don't have any contact with them and you know we we will start up monday and hopefully they come in ready to go yeah got a little time away with your family as well yes always go to the beach for two weeks and kind of relax and, and unwind and just put everything off to the side and then come back and get ready to roll and that's a family tradition that is 20 20 straight years who all went this year? Just myself and my um, mom and dad and my wife and two kids and my daughter's boyfriend. So Wait a second. Hold on. Yes. What? Daughter's boyfriend. We're there. We are there. We've made this we, transition. For the last four years. And, you know. Wait a second. They've been dating for four years? No, 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 no. Two different boyfriends oh. for the last. That We don't need to get into that. That's How do you handle that? Well. Do you take direction from your wife who's just like, let it ride? Steve, I run my show. <laughs> yeah, I know better than that. <laughs> What are the girls up to these days? Well, I got one that's starting um, uh, dental hygienist school in the fall. Good for her. Uh, did two years of nursing, decided she didn't want to do that, went into dental hygienist, and now I got a senior in high school. So close to being empty nesters, and I'm 43 years old. So Can't beat that, man. Yeah. What, yeah. Where's your daughter going to go to school at? She's going to UC. Good. <clears throat> yep. So, pretty close. Nice. Pretty close. We'll see if it's good once I get the bill. But yeah, what does the youngest want to do? Uh, she wants to become a nurse. Good. Yeah. Where do yeah. they get this medical stuff from? I don't know. Not me, because I can't watch ER. I get sick. Yeah. No. So, not for me. Not much. Uh, <laughs> not much. Uh, 
as he had mentioned before, Coach Borchers is also the athletic director at Cooper. How long have you been the AD out there? 11 years. 11 Going years. Going on 12. Wow. And were you the AD as well at Ludlow? I was for okay. the two for two, two years. years. Yep. You know, the, the thing about being AD, especially in the Boone County, you've got to do a lot of coverage for the sporting events and things like that. Um, and you, like you said, you've been doing a long time. A lot of those times the, the girls were young, living in Campbell County and making that transition. It's, uh, you know, a lot of this, a lot of those days covering games, you had to keep the girls out there to be your quality dad time. Yep. And you know, they love it. Um, you know, I got, I got something special because I got a wife that, that absolutely loves sports and, and um, loves football. And it's kind of been ingrained in my kids. And, you know, even now that, you know, they'll come out some and help work the gates and that when I need people. And I think they just like to be around and, mm-hmm. and be around Cooper. And, you know, I got the job when my daughter was in first grade. So that's kind of all they know. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think if they really had their pick, they would have ended up out there as far as going to school. Well, you fought with your older daughter about I, it because she did. wanted to do that. I did. And my youngest also. But, you know, socially, I don't think it would have been the best yeah. with living in Campbell County and the drive and that. And, you know, again, with me. Those being are long there days. Night, very long days. Especially with the drive. And yep. it, it's never. Cooper's one of those schools. It's like driving to Dayton High School. There's no easy way to get there no or to go to the football field up there. Nope. It's just it, on its own little course. No matter who you talk to, it's at least a 15-minute drive to get there. Yeah. So no you, matter I mean, where you, you live. You made the right decision there, yeah. especially growing up and going. Where they go? Brosser? Both uh, went to Brosser? They, well, my oldest started at Brosser and ended up at Highlands, graduated from Highlands. My youngest one started high school at Highlands. Nice. So, yep. And, you know, that it's a town we live in. You know, it's great and great living there because, you know, anywhere they go, they're, they're speed limit's 25 and 10 minutes away to all their friends' house. So there's really no worries with them getting mm-hmm. in the car. And you mentioned your wife, <clears throat> the real boss of the family. She is the textbook coach's wife. I think that um, anybody who knows her well and, yeah. You know, coaches, that's a tough life. It's a tough, tough lifestyle because you're, you're in, you're out, you're busy a lot of the time. You know, but she grew up also in a sport family too, so she was able to have firsthand knowledge of that. But what I, I think what I like about her is that she, she's a bigger supporter of the kids in the program. Um, she's like our parents, they, and your parents are still the same way. They root for the team, not just as much – for their kid. Yeah, and she may be the hardest critic on me. Um, you know, she's been around it long enough to know, you know, if if we make a dumb call or I make a dumb call, she'll let me know at the end of the game, like, why did you do that? And mm-hmm. usually I put her on the couch when that happens, and she sleeps there for the night. Yeah. yeah I'd like to mess with her on that when she'd be on the sidelines for football games when I'd be calling and then evaluating, come down and stand. The one day I had to – I felt like I was running security because she, I thought she was going to run up the stands and fight yeah. somebody. This was years – this was – Probably about five years ago. Yeah, that's but. why she's on. That's why she's on the um, track. <laughs> Keep her out of trouble. But it's good to have them involved. It is. It, you know, is. it is a family affair. Honestly. Yep. You know your parents. They're they're just as involved. I mean, even when your brother Mike was coaching at Ludlow, and before you even started coaching, they would go down. And they would support. It's like um, in their mind, it was like I got to go down and support my kid. You know, and even my parents are that way. Mm-hmm. And my my sister and brother. I don't need them to come to games. They just come because they want to be involved. Right. And they like to be a part of it. And, you know, back after, you know, we made the state finals um, back in 012 or 2012, um, you know, I, you know, I kind of did a lot of thinking at that time and thought, you know, my kids are still young mm-hmm. and, um, 
you know, it was it time to give it up. Um, was it time to kind of be that family guy? And, you know, I felt like my kids and my wife had sacrificed a lot in order for me to do what I wanted to do. And, you know, it kind of felt like we were on top at that time. If it was going to, if I was going to step away, it would be a perfect time to step away. And, you know, I remember going home and having that conversation and, and, you know, asking if it was the right thing to do. And, you know, they let me know right away that, you know, they didn't want that to take place and they were pretty upset about it. And, you know, they, they knew I loved it and, I think they loved it and being a part of the Cooper program and in the fo- football family and you know we chose not to do it and and it's been history ever since. You know there's a balance that w- that in our lives and and this is not for empathy or anything like that but there comes a point in when I mean you think about it now we're in over 20 years doing this deal and sometimes I struggle with you know, when am I going to do something that for me, where I just, I'm out doing my thing, whatever else. Um, I think that's the balance you're trying to find where, you know, like I do this now or do something else just to have something that's not taking all my mental capacity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always say I'm going to get, I'm going to start golfing. You know, that's kind of like the thing everyone always wants to do. I always say I'm going to start golfing, but you know, then you start looking at it and you're like, okay, well, I got a day home. Do I really want to go golfing or do I want to spend it with the family? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, usually I end up sp- spending it with the family. But, you know, they sacrificed a lot. Um, sure. You know, and I know, you know, when my kids were playing high school ball, you know, not that they were great, but when they were playing, you know, there was very few games I got to go to because I was covering this event or that event. And, you know, that was hard, but, I, you know, I think the kids accepted it and, and was – okay with it and that made it really nice and you know my wife was always at everything my parents were at everything so it's not like people weren't around and Mm -hmm. um you know our kids grew up that way and that's really all they kind of knew and they were okay with it you think the the girls will get an itch to coach a little softball or a little something uh soccer my oldest one i don't think there's any way she could coach because i don't think she you know she she's a little um she takes things too too much to heart now my youngest one uh, I could definitely see it because I mean she, you know, she she's hardcore and doesn't let anything get to her, and and um, you, you know she's pretty. She's a competitive one out yeah. of the bunch. And she gets that from Emily. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, she gets the the swagger from her, and um, you know we've talked about it. and I've kind of talked to them about getting into teaching and and going into coaching, and, and you know I think my youngest one's thinking about it a little bit, but you know it's, it's a long way off. You know, I mean she's got a couple years to really figure out what she wants to do, and. You know, it's going to be her decision. She has to do what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Now, talking about coaching, just getting into it, back right after graduation, Mike, your brother Mike, was coaching down at Ludlow. He had spent a year at Newcath and then went down to Ludlow. Uh, perfect opportunity to get out and help that program in any way. What Did some scouting. You know, there were nights, I, we talked about those Aaron Stam. There were nights that we would go out and we would scout a team. <laughs> Didn't know anything that I was doing. I think that I went just to tag along and have something to go watch another game. Um, I can remember being at Dayton High School one night uh, right after graduation, and they were really good. They had, you know, Jason Skirvin, Jerry Klein, and those guys. <laughs> it was monsooning rain, and Aaron and I just wanted to go, and you were like, oh, no, can't go. I got to get these notes for Mike or else I'm going to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and that was a great opportunity for me. Um, you know, and to be very honest with you, when, you know, my first year out of high school, I had zero interest in coaching. Uh, never even crossed my mind to do it. Never crossed my mind to go into coaching. 
Um, and then, you know, at that time, uh, Tom Staley was head coach down mm-hmm. there. And I would just go down during the day to watch some practice and kind of got talking to those guys. And he asked if I would be interested in doing some scouting and that on Friday nights. And, you know, again, I was 19. I don't necessarily know. I get, did a great scouting report for them. But, you know, I would go to, at that time, there was no huddle or none of that stuff. So everything was done by hand. And, you know, we'd go in, do the games and that, and, and then come back to practice and, and help out a little bit. And, really kind of got the itch and, and really loved the whole coaching aspect of it and then kind of came on board the next year and you know Tom was there for a couple of years and mm-hmm. you know he was a great influence on me again my brother was there and you know we were always really close and you know down at Ludlow it was kind of nice because you know I, I was you know we weren't very good down there a couple of years some years we were decent but you know I got the opportunity to coach with four different guys um, and it was really kind of cool because I went from you know New Cath which, which you know was done one way and then you go into the public school and in a smaller school and and see things different in a different light in a different way and you know with being a, able to be with four coaches when i was young and, and basically a six or seven year period i got to kind of reflect on a lot of things i wanted to, to bring in if i ever got a head coaching job and some things i i would change up and you know, I, I think it was really beneficial for me to have the opportunity to, to kind of see four different coaches do things in four different ways. Mm-hmm. And you were passionate early in those early days. I, um, I think I told this story once before. My first year officiating uh, was you were really starting to get involved. So that was 97. And I was six-manning with a crew, which was just like that's what they did with the new guys. They sent them out with a crew, and they got to watch things watch how they did things, whatever. It's just a, like an apprenticeship in a way, I guess. And I was standing outside the locker room as they were getting dressed, getting ready to go out, and we were going to lock the door. And um, I was talking to your mom. I saw your mom, and I went over, and it was chatting with her for a second. And then I look up, and I hear this screaming and yelling, and you and Mike, it was like a uh, retro, everybody living at home, just knock down, drag out argument. <laughs> Because you were just trying to get your point across. They were playing Newport Catholic, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. So, obviously, the stakes were a little higher for, for both of you, uh, being New Cath guys. What was that experience like, you know, working with him in, in that? Because he's an intense guy, too. And he's very cerebral the way he thinks about things and does things. Yeah. And, and you know, to be honest with you, kind of looking back on it, um, it must probably wasn't fair for him. You know, I, I was that young guy that came in very intense, not really understanding the whole aspect of, of the coaching and, and the relationships with the kids at that time. You know, I was two, three years out of college or high school at that time. And, you know, seeing things on a totally different, you know, perspective and, and not really having that relationship that, that you need to have with the kids, um, you, you know, and, and it was all about the wins and, yeah. and, and doing what it and, you know, must probably being a little too intense at that time. Um, so, you, you know, I, I think it was really after he kind of stepped away and I got with, um, coach Hensley that, yep. that I really started to really figure it out and, and know what it was really like to be a head coach or what it really took to be a head coach. Um, you know, I think a lot of young coaches have that desire and think they can do it, but really don't know how to do it. And, um, you know, I think having that opportunity to spend three years with him because he was so level-headed and, you know, we became great friends and, and are still good friends. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from him. And, and to be very honest with you, I don't know if I would be in this role right now if it wasn't for, you know, coaching with him for the three years. Yeah, good teams during that time too. We did. We had some really good teams. We had some good players and, 
you know, overall, we just had great kids, yeah. you know, and they were very close. And I think that's the thing, you know, that, that you strive for every year as a head coach is to get a group of kids that, that really like playing with each other, that play for them more than, you know, themselves. And, um, you know, it can go a long way. And, you know, it was those were some fun days down there. Yeah. Um, you know, when Steve took over, we, we were coming off of a 31-game losing streak. I, I remember. And, um, you know, when we got our first win, and you know, it was really cool in the community. And, you know, it was something that – you know, I mean, heck, we were to the point the year before before he took over that, you know, we went into a couple of games with 15 kids and 12 kids. And, you know, we were kind of to that point where we were on life support and kind of turned that whole thing around. And, and um, you know, his second year down there, I think we went yeah, eight and eight, three or yeah, so. Eight and, wins. Um, you know, played some pretty good teams and, and some competitive football. And, you know, it was really cool to see a small town like that, a small community like that really kind of rally around the football team and, you know, it, it was kind of like something you see on TV, the old school, and, and you know, the, the football is everything in the town. So it was really cool to see that and, and be a part of it. And, you know, at that time, that's when I realized, hey, look, man, I really want to be a head coach one day. And we talked about in, in other episodes about the group of kids going through at the time, you know, when you got a all-world talent kid like Mike Lewis, you know, running the show out there on the offense, makes coaching a lot more fun. And, and – you, know, you start your career at Ludlow. I start my career at Holy Spirit, then Dayton, two incredibly small schools. Mm-hmm. Um, programs are really small. What I tell new coaches now is when they go into jobs like that, you're not going there to coach football or coach basketball. You're learning how to coach kids. Yep. And then when you have the opportunity, and that might sound dumb, but honestly, it, it, learning how to connect to them and to teach what you're doing and getting them to respect you and look at you as in that light is half of the battle mm-hmm. learning how to relate to kids and and I think it was a t- it's tough in in some of those smaller schools yep and I think you know when things kind of turned the tide for me is when I saw the light that the kids have to know you care about them mm-hmm. once they know you care about them you have them yeah but, you know, it's not hard either. No, it's no, but <laughs> it's not. you know, I, I think as a young coach, you come in sometimes thinking, well, I'm going to earn their respect by, you know, throwing that iron fist at them, you, you know, being that hard ass and, and being hardcore. But in the grand scheme of it, they just really want you to, to know them and, and to show that you care about them because, you know, and it's just not in these small schools. It's at every school. I mean, yeah. you know, we deal with it out Cooper, and I'm sure you deal with it here. I mean, some of our kids were a father figure to them, yeah. you know, and, and, and no matter, you, you know, some kids, you, you never know who really needs you at that time. You know, there's some kids that, that drive a, a great, you know, nice-looking car or, or lives in a big house, but you know, there could be something going on at home that, that, you know, they really just aren't connecting with their parents mm-hmm. or something's going on, and, you know, those kids sometimes need you as much as the kid that, that you know, may, you know, be free and reduced lunch or, or may be from a single family. Yeah, and those are the kids that end up being in your life forever yep. as yep. well. Yeah, and I think that's a cool thing. You know, I've been at it now 16 years as head coach, and, you know, the, the, the cool thing is, when, you know, when we play on Friday night and you see kids that are still coming back to stand on the – on the track or come to the game that, you know, you coached your first or second year at, at Cooper or, you know, every now and then I'll still get a text from a kid at Ludlow wishing me good luck on Friday night that you may not have heard from for, 
three, four years, you know, and, and that's when you really realize you've made a difference with these mm-hmm. kids. And, and that's really what coaching's all about. And you mentioned community before in a place like that, like, like Ludlow, it is the marquee community event on Friday nights when that, you know, the five Friday nights of the year, unless you get a home playoff game where the community has the one place to come gather and rally around the one cause, and that is supporting the, the hometown kids. Yep. And, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, in the smaller school is the other sports kind of shut down too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have a whole lot of soccer going on during your, your Friday night football or, or, you know, you don't have a lot of practices going on at night. And, you know, in these bigger schools like Scott and, and Cooper, you know, football is just another thing to do. You know, it's not the all be, you know, I mean, we got – you know, soccer programs that are going and playing on Friday nights and, and going out of town and we got basketball practice or whatever going on from seven to nine. And, you know, in these bigger schools, it's just not as important as it is in, in the smaller schools. Yeah. It's the main event, mm-hmm. which is why you go to these games. And one of the things I love about being at games, especially in the small town, I'm, I call it a hundred games at Ludlow, Dayton, Bellevue. There's always the side football game going on. Mm-hmm. You know, the band is out. The people are, you know, dressed real nice. And it's just, I love it. It's just a great, it, it's an atmosphere. And it's the pageantry of the entire event, whether it's, <clears throat> you know, homecoming as an official was always a pain in the ass only because, you, you know, you had to, the game just felt longer mm-hmm. because the halftime was extended, whatever. But it's also kind of special, you know, being able to, you know, see, like we do, we do like the parade here and everything else. So it's always a headache to, got to get there super early but when you're part of all that and you know especially when you're in the program you know it's it's special mm-hmm. and you know the Ludlow has in my opinion has one of the best homecomings around I mean they have for years and you know it, it was always kind of a, a stressful as a coach because you know typically your homecoming is going to be against a, a Bellevue a Dayton or, or a rival school it seemed like um, when we were down there and you know, down there they they make those floats and, and they work on those floats all week. And you would tell you, you know, try to preach to the kids, get home, you know, get rest. It's a big game. And, you know, you're driving down through the town at 10 o'clock at night and then you see these kids still at these, these um, houses working on the floats and that. But, you know, it was something that was important to them and it was something that they loved doing. And, and like you said, it was a community event. And, you know, for the games, you know, homecoming games on, on Friday, you had the entire town lined in the streets yeah. watching the parades. I was going to say it's probably more stressful yeah. than anything else. Yeah. We, we uh, like senior night, hate senior night. Yeah. I don't hate celebrating the seniors. I hate the added stress. And I'm, uh, like anybody else, a creature of habit. I have my routine. Yep. Everybody's got the game day routine. Obviously, football is a little bit different than basketball. But – any deviation of that routine, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone or in a tailspin. So I don't like hate the actual event and the in the ceremony. It's just the I'm always afraid that the kids are not going to be as locked in, and you know you're, you have the disruption of your normal flow and rhythm. That that to me is it just the added stress of it. But usually when it's done and it's over. But you know I think uh, I, I saw a football coach give this speech. I was a uh, back when I was working on a crew, I was a back judge, and we would have to go get the coach and the captains. And I was sitting in there. I, I, I want to say it was Noel Rash, to be honest with you. Um, sitting in there, I'm, and he's talking to the team. It's the normal rah-rah speech. And, uh, you know, he, hits, he, he ended it by saying, everybody in the community has done their job. 
now it's time for us to go do ours. And like goosebumps, I was like, what? These football coaches, man. And they're just like, wow. you know, because I love, I would go in a little early and just sit and listen to the coach do his pregame speech. And some of them are great. Like Jim McKee at Scott County, one of the best. Like literally I would sit in there for five minutes and just listen to him and kind of look at my watch like, yeah, we'll be a little late. I don't care. It's not disrupting that, you know. Yeah. But you don't get that in other sports. No. Nope. Football is the only one where you have that interaction, you know, and, and the kids, you're walking in there. And so you're kind of like the police because you got the stripes on and everything else. And the kids are looking at you and you're looking at them kind of smiling and winking like, yeah, we'll be all right. Or if he, the coach says something, you kind of roll your eyes like whatever, especially if you know him. Like when I would go out and do the rules seminar for your kids and I'd have to talk a little trash and, you know. Well, I would always tell you how bad an official you were, too. So <laughs> so let me ask you this. As we transition into – as you transition into your first head coaching job, you had mentioned, you know, having the opportunity to work with other coaches. Uh, so was it Tom Staley, um, your brother Mike? Was yep. it Parrish? Was there a – Yep, yep. And then Steve Ensley. Was it something like a lot of people, you just pick up little things and from each of them, like, oh, yeah, okay. It is, and, and, you know, what I would always try to be is, is almost like a sponge. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you know, you and I both play for, for Coach Schneider, too. And, and um, you know, not only was Coach Schneider, you, you know, I think a big part of everything we do, even though we may not know that, you know, having someone like a Tom Potter up there and, and seeing how organized he is and how he runs a program. And, you know, if I took anything away from um, Newcath, you know, I think the biggest thing was – just how to do it the right way with class, you, you know, have the, have the nice equipment, I agree. Um, have things organized and, um, you, you know, make your kids feel special. And, um, you know, we try to do that at, at Cooper and I preach to our kids all the time. Look, man, we're going to do things first class. We're going to have the nice stuff, you know, and, and we're going to treat you guys the right way. You raise the money, it's going back on you. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to spend what we raise and, and we're going to do it the right way. And, you know, I think I got that a lot from, um, you know, early on, you know, and then obviously when when I took over, like I said, Steve Hensley was one of the most organized guys I think I've ever worked with, um, and I learned a, a ton from him. You know, Mike and I, you know, I, I think I learned a lot from him, but I think him and I, we had the same philosophies. I mean, we grew up in the same house. You know, he coached for him. You know, he coached me up at Newcath, and I came and coached with him. So, you know, I, I think him and I were all a lot of times on the same page, Um Tom was, you know, one that was, um, you know, he he was an offensive guy, and, and I tried to learn a lot of the offensive stuff through him. And then, you know, Bob Parrish came in. He was there a year, and, you know, I, I think I learned, you know, he was more of a defensive guy, so I took a lot of the stuff he did defensively incorporated into what we did. And then, you know, I was very, very, very lucky when I went to Cooper because, you know, I was able to land, I think, one of the top assistant coaches around in, in Bob Burnett. and. You know, he was that older guy, and he was kind of like that mentor to me. Um, and not only with the X's and O's, which I think he's a great X and O guy, but he was always that guy, like, you could bounce ideals off of. Or if there was an issue with a kid, you know, saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking, what do you think? And he always had, you know, it always seemed like he had the right answers. You know, so I was lucky to have him for – One of the most know. detailed coaches I've ever known. Absolutely. And, you know, he's a guy we would come in for – staff meetings and you know team would be running this and he would pull something out from one of his boxes at home from 1978 and we ran this in 1978 and this is what they ran this is what we ran to stop it and you're like 
how do you even have that stuff still? But, you know, I don't think he ever threw anything away. And, you know, I learned so much from him, and I have so much respect for that man. Two years a head coach at Ludlow. Let me ask you this about because I don't know. I mean, th- there are people that are like, you know, my goal or my dream is to be the head coach. And then there are people that just need to be the head coach. Um, I don't know where you fit in for that, but, you know, I never needed to be the head coach. Never really had a desire to be the head coach. I had been here for 11, 12 years at the time when the job opened, and I applied for it thinking I wouldn't get it, number one, but I did it to remain. Was that a little bit something for you? Because you had been there so long. I I was there, and, you know, the the, the tough thing about Ludlow is they had a big turnover on, mm-hmm. on coaches. And, um, you know, I had been an assistant. Like I said, I had gone through through the cycle. Um, you know, it was one of those things that if you had success, you always wanted that bigger job. You know, people were looking, you know, for the more money. And in the high school ranks, it's nothing different than the college ranks. I mean, it's you got to take care of your family. And, um, you know, we lost some for that. We lost, you know, my brother left and went into administration. Um, Tom retired and it was, you know, and I'll be very honest with you. When I took that job, I took the, one of the re- big reasons I wanted that job was to give those kids stability, you know, and, and we had our, you know, the whole staff was going to come back and, you know, I sat down at the stat, you know, we all kind of sat down and we're like, Hey, if someone wants this job, you know, we're all going to be on board. I mean, I don't think any of us was like pushing really hard to get it but we wanted one of us to get it because we didn't want another change we wanted to continue to build on on what we had and um you know i applied and i was fortunate enough to get it and um you know when i took it my my intention wasn't to take that job and jump into another job but you know when the cooper job opened it i thought it was kind of a opportunity that you only get once in a lifetime and um you know i did a lot of praying about it and and honestly, when I applied for that job, I really didn't think I would get it. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to get it. Was it fortunate? Well, or was it a punishment? Early on, it was. <laughs> I remember those first couple yeah, me, of years me and me that too. first year sitting there shaking my head like, what did I get myself into? Well, you got I mean, I understood the attraction. First of all, you got, and I respect it being, you know, we're very much alike. We've both been at places very long time. I would not have left Dayton unless they shouldn't. You know, had they not shown me the door, I may still be there. Um, and I'll have no intention of going anywhere here until either, A, they show me the door, or, B, it's just you just get that feeling that it is time to go. Right. Um, so I get it, and I know that it was something that was really hard to do, but the opportunity to open a new school, and be the first coach, all new facilities, and especially coming from a place, a smaller school, drawing from a much bigger pool of kids. Um, Nothing about the first couple years, anything like that, but just looking at it, you know, from the outside, it's the same conversation we have with Timmy Sullivan. It's a hard deal to pass on Mm -hmm. because you just don't know at that point. And I get it. I completely understand when I came here, I thought I was like, you know, I mean, I, in my mind, I'd remembered the, um, you know, the, with the Scott teams when we were in high school and the Scott basketball teams when uh, in the early 2000s when I first started coaching, thinking that I was walking into this place like I just got hired to coach at a place that was like I mean, these guys are always in the top 25 to state or, you know, doing this, doing that. But sadly, that was on the, 
you know, a decline of that. And it was something we had to work. We were and transitioning into a new region, a new district. So it's something we had to kind of start all over with, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of the, you know, core values were in place by the time I got here, but still something that we had to earn respect all over the place. Same thing at Cooper. Um, get that job, you know, those early workouts. I can only imagine what it was like, like looking at each other, like what did we get ourselves into? Right. And, you know, I think one of the biggest attractions, you know, going into Cooper, or I think one of the reasons that kind of looked at leaving um, Ludlow was, you know, going back to, you know, my brother's kind of moving up the ranks and, and becoming assistant superintendent. And I kind of saw it as, a, as almost a, a dead end for me. Um, with him kind of being high up. And, and to be honest with you, I didn't want to kind of live under his shadows, you know, and, and then I saw that opportunity. So, you know, then I go out there and, and you know, I remember, you know, when I, t- I didn't get the job till till April. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I got the job, there was, you know, nothing ordered. We had to order every piece of equipment. Um, the field wasn't even done. The, the field, the field was, was literally like the day done. of the first yes. game. You know, I was sitting out there, the, our first game, I remember that Thursday night, we practiced, and then we were coming, you know, I was there late trying to get stuff ready, and it was like 10 o'clock, and none of the fences and fencing was up around the, the um, around the stadium, or, or the fencing wasn't up in front of the the bleachers, and, you know, I remember thinking to myself, there's no way this field's going to be ready for tomorrow, and um, they worked all night and, and had the field ready, and you know, they were still pulling rebar yeah. off of the, off of the turf. So they the say, I, I never saw it, but that's what they say, so... <laughs> You know, but yeah, that game got got postponed because there was still some stuff on the field, and they had to get that cleaned up. But you know, when I first got the job, I mean, we didn't even have a place to work out, and yeah. and it was kind of to the point where we were pulling kids from, you know, three other high schools, really mostly Connor, um, some Ryle, very few from Boone, but we did get some. And at that time, I think the coaches were kind of to the point where they really didn't want the kids working out with them because they knew they weren't going to be in their program, and. Um, you know, so the our kids from were kind of left on an island by themselves who were coming to Cooper. So, you know, we we reached out to the Y, and I think the first month and a half we were working out inside the YMCA out wow. there off of 18. So, it was um it was interesting, and you know they we we would run out of school, and I would load a bunch of bags that we had ordered and got, and I would keep them in my car, and because we had nowhere to store them, so they would be in my back seat, and I would fly out to. To why work there till five thirty six? Meet with the staff, try to get staff together. I mean, it was it was some long days, but it was very rewarding as well. And you know, I, I, from what I can remember about it, the opening of it, um, the first time I really had an idea of what was about to happen with the kids, because obviously you open a school, you got to have kids, and I don't think the district did you any favors. Um, I can't remember. Obviously, the kids that were already in different schools were. They were, I guess, grandfathered is the proper word. Even though that typical or actual Cooper kids or stud athletes at Boone or at Connor or at whatever, um, it took time. You weren't getting these older kids. Was, you know, I always felt bad um, that first group of seniors that you guys had. And I talked to Timmy about this. The first group of seniors, uh, not the most talented of kids, but they showed up. Right, and they still went out there. They took their ass weapons, and they went about it the right way. Yep. And you know, the, those were a group of kids that just wanted an opportunity to play. You know, a lot of those kids. You know, let's let's face it. If a kid was good enough and was playing at a, at one of the schools they were at, they weren't coming to Cooper. Yeah. 
Um, you know, we got a lot of kids that, that decided not to play for whatever reasons. They weren't happy at the school they were at. You know, they just saw the writing on the wall and they weren't good enough to play or, or you know, there was multiple reasons why they came. But, you know, most of those kids have very little, you know, were have very little varsity experience. And, um, you know, we were putting it together. And on top of that, you know, we were trying to bring kids from three schools in to gel and, and to, mat, you know, come with one another without having a field house, without having – you know, any way to, to kind of get the kids to bond. I mean, I remember we would practice, and as soon as practice was over, kids would take their helmets, jump in their cars, and, and leave. And Which is totally foreign to us. Yep. Growing yep. up, mm-hmm. you know, new calf guys, and, and then uh, the same thing at Ludlow. I mean, I've been, you know, there 100 games, and it's like you said, that's a, you know, game over, practice over, you're in the locker room, you're in the shower, and you're, you know, socializing, and then you're out. Whereas this is completely – there's no team bond building at that. And and I think, uh, you know, for for coaches to kind of understand or people to kind of understand what it was like was almost this year with COVID, you know, where it was – you know, there was no team bonding. There was no team event. It was just basically let's come, let's stay separated, let's get in the car, let's go. You know, we would have kids come out, and, you know, we would give them a helmet, and then – you know, they, they wouldn't be able to keep their helmet, you know, in the locker room. So then the kid would quit, and, and then we wouldn't see him. So then we're trying to chase these kids down. No one knew where they lived. I mean, you know, we didn't have everything up in the IC, so we didn't even have everybody address in. You know, so, you know, we're trying to trying to pick up helmets, shoulder pads. I mean, it, it, it was an experience. But like I said, it was very rewarding. And, um, you know, we got better that year, and our kids yeah. continued to grow. And you know, I think we won two football games that year, and – you know, then we came out the next year and won three. Then the following year we won three, but we were very competitive that year. And then by year four, we were really competing. And, um, you know, to see – and without those first couple of years, we would never be where we were in year four, year five without those kids. Yeah. Definitely made you a better coach. Yep. But also me. having that uh, small school experience and learning how to coach kids and getting kids to believe because it's a – in a job like Ludlow, when you have to drive up street to play at Beachwood, and Beachwood was really good at the time, you know, you almost have to do the Jedi mind trick and make them believe all week long that they can win, so they didn't, you know, walk in and just embarrass themselves right from the beginning. Yeah, and that was always tough, you know. I mean, I think it was like that in all the, you know, your all your um, River City schools, your Ludlow, Bellevue, Dayton. And when you played the teams like Newcath and you played the teams like Beachwood, a lot of times those kids were beat before they went in. And, you know, we always told our kids, and, and I think even at, at Cooper those first couple of years, you were almost fighting the name on the jersey yeah. more so than you were anything else. Yeah. Who's I, Let me ask you this, and you may not know this, but how in the hell did a brand-new school, you know, a brand-new school opens like that, jump into 6A? Right from the start. That not was my, raw, yeah, man. Not that my was decision. Um, was that, that Matt Wolfley, <clears throat> that dog? I, I, that, I think that decision was made, you know, <laughs> higher up than Matt or myself. Yeah. And that decision was made before either one of us was hired. I didn't think it was – obviously, you know. I didn't think it was fair at the time. And then I think we we had your game. My career had your game. It was like the fourth or fifth game of the year. You were at Simon, <laughs> and it was a district game. And Jeff's team was just so good, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I want to say it was one of the years that they went to the, the, the went to state or the semifinals or something. And I mean, I just at one point in the first quarter, and it was like thirty six to nothing, and that was the first year of the running clock, mm-hmm. right? And um, they score, and Jeff's like, "Hey, I need you to run the clock." 
I'm like, uh, we can't run the clock until the second half. And <laughs> sadly, Jeff was like, um, this, I think this might have been my first year as a, as a crew chief as well. So we were, we were not where we needed to be, but I had, I had a, a, an official come stop the game and come in in the second quarter. And he was like, Hey, coach Marksberry wants to run the clock. And I said, this is not Mills road. This is a varsity football game. You can't run the clock into the second half. Am I the only one that read the rules book? Get your ass over there. You know, blew the whistle. It did start. Like, and then at halftime walked over like, bro, stop throwing the ball. Yeah. Just run the ball and let's get the hell out of here, right? I mean, what are we doing here? They're running the ball, right? This it, poor quarterback, you guys—I forget what his name is. I, um, I forget what his name is. I, I pick, picture our, his face. our quarterback, yes, the Romero kid, Jay Romero. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And at, at one point, when I he had, you know, one of the responsibilities of the referee is that you're always on the quarterback. Quarterback goes to the ground. He needs to be able to see your shoes, so you need to be there to protect him. And I went and helped him up for probably. Honestly, in that first half, probably the tenth time, and he looked right at me. He said, "What are we supposed to do?" And I said, "Just hand the ball off and let's get the hell out of here." Yeah, and, and I you think know. you know we were—that's the one thing I can tell you. We were fortunate that first year. Um, you know, I think a lot of the the coaches in this area. You know, they most of those. You know, all of the coaches in this area are good, and they all have you know a lot of class. And you know, a lot of those scores were bad, but they could have been a lot worse. Yeah, that's uh, true. You know, I think they all kind of knew what we were dealing with, and no one was trying to embarrass us. And you know, and I'm not, and I wasn't insinuating that no, Jeff no, was. No, 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 I mean, no. I don't even think they scored up uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the second half. Well, I remember we played Boone the first game, and um, they ran the kickoff back, and you know, I'm I'm turned around, I got my head turned, I'm I'm yelling at a kid, and then the next thing I know, we throw a pick six. It was fourteen to nothing in like the first thirty seconds of the game, and I think it was like. 28 to nothing the first two and a half minutes in the ball game i thought oh my god what are we getting ourselves into and um i think the game ended up 42 to nothing or something i mean it was it was could have been you know yeah. i think it was like 42 nothing early second quarter and it could have been a lot worse and i think that was the final so you know the coaches all kind of knew and, and and you know they they were all respectable and, and made sure they didn't they didn't embarrass us or run it up, and you know, I respect that, and you know, oh, yeah. I always try to carry that there. on now. Yeah, you know, and if there. we ever get the opportunity, you know, we always try to do it right and not not embarrass anybody. And you know, I think that's the greatest thing about you know Northern Kentucky football that you know the coaches up here do it the right way. Yeah, you know, one of the even though it was a rough year, um, you know, with the way that things were set up, you know, the the magical thing that happened was. The next year, that freshman group that came in was just super talented, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, the way things work in Boone County, if people aren't familiar, is, you know, they've got the Boone County Pee Wee League, and the kids, they play on their, their team, so you kind of got to get out there and, you know, you're recruiting your own kids, right. honestly. So it, to have that group who went on to just achieve great things, not only in football, but in you know, basketball, baseball, um, you know, it, it, it says something that you guys were doing something right, even though the struggle was there. Yeah, and, you know, that I think that was – that first year we knew we had some kids coming up. And kind of like you said, the, the big question mark was how many of those kids would end up at Cooper and how many of those kids would end up somewhere else. And, you know, I think that group across the board is kind of what we were talking about earlier. Those kids were close with one another. You know, so once a couple kids kind of decided they were coming, they all wanted to come. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was a close-knit group all the way through. And 
know, those kids enjoyed playing with each with each other. They enjoyed being with each other outside of sports, and you know, it was just a special group. And you know, you, you, you unfortunately you don't get the opportunity to coach that every year. No, no, and you know what? The, the groups that have that closeness to them, those are the best groups to coach. Obviously, yep. it doesn't matter how talented they really are. I'm, we've both coached groups of kids that weren't the best, you know, most talented. I mean, we took a group of, of, of a baseball team to the final four of the state tournament that probably out of the starting lineup, maybe two or three of those kids could have played for anybody else in the ninth region. But the fact that how they worked and the, they played for each other, they were just good enough to get this done, that done, this done, and win this game and that game. And I think the biggest thing that, that kind of goes unnoticed, too, is when you get a group like that, they police each other. You know, they hold each other accountable. And, you, you know, you get some of these groups that, that if it's not a real close group and, and you get a couple leaders that want to hold kids accountable and the other ones, you know, if it's not a close group, they're not going to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a group that's tight with one another and a group that, you know, kids that like each other and respect each other, they're, you know, they're going to listen and, and they're going to buy into to doing things the right way and they're all going to feed off one another. And, you know, that that's when you end up having a special team. Yeah. So getting into 2011, that was pretty much the year that changed your career, right? Um, and I want to talk about some other things, but, you know, opening up the season at Ryle, we have, we have this game. Ryle, really good. Travis Elliott, you know, running back. And, um, you know, you start the game off or start the year off with a couple losses. But then, you know, you knew this group was going to be good, right? And all of a sudden, things start to click. And, what, first winning season, win your first district. We were in that game, too. That was at South Oldham. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, pretty exciting. Yep. And, you know, that, that was a, a team early on. You know, we talked to them all preseason. You know, we were still young in a lot of positions, and we talked to our kids all off, you know, all preseason that, you know, our goal was to get better every week. And, um, you know, I think as a staff we knew we could take some lumps early in the year. I mean, you know, we felt like we had a diff- a tough schedule early on. Uh, we always try yeah. to schedule kind of hard early. And um, I think we started off one and three and um, or one and four. One and four. And, and then ended up winning our next five. And, um win in the district and you know even though we were one and four we could we could see getting better every week and um you know i will never forget we had a parent we went down and played homes i think we got beat seven or eight eight six, eight, six. Yeah. we had a parent running up and down the stands we got the worst coach we got the worst <laughs> coaching staff you know this and that and you know, he needs to be fired, you know, just the stuff that we all deal with. And by the end of the year, the same same parents pat me on the back telling me I should be coach of the year. You know what I mean? It's just we changed. It, it was a culture change. Um, you know, I think our community started believing us a little bit. The kids started buying. And, you know, I, I, I think that showed, though, from the beginning that our kids believed in what we were doing. Um, because even though we start, you know, anytime you start off one and three, one and four, things could go south real quick and your kids can pack it in and those kids continue to get better. And, you know, every Saturday we would come in and show them films. You know, we were one or two plays away here, one or two plays away there from, from winning those football games. Yeah. And, I mean, that could have been a nine-win, yeah. ten-win season. Easy. Looking and, at these scores. And, um, you know, we just had to find a – we had to learn to win. You know, that was, I think, the first year that we – you know, and, well, I, I should say the year before that. I mean, we lost a lot of close games in district. I mean, I think we took Campbell to, to overtime, lost to them in overtime. And, and um, 
you know, Connor, I think we got stuffed on the one-yard line at the very end of the game. So, you know, starting, you know, in 2010, we were starting to get competitive, but we didn't know how to win as a program or, or you know, to finish games. And, you know, and it kind of carried over a little bit in, in 2011. Then our kids, you know, kind of kind of found out that way, found out how to win, how, how to finish ball games. And, and um, by the end of the year, we were playing pretty pretty well. You always play a tough schedule, too. We we try to, and you know, that that's kind of my philosophy is, you know, it really doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. Yeah. And, and I think the harder you play early on, but it all comes down to can you keep the team together? Yeah, I understand. You know, that. I mean, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You want to play tough competition, and you know, I, I'm not a bit, you know, I think we all want to win football games, but you know, I, I think if you play good competition, and you lose and you get better, it's okay, but. You know, it's getting those kids to buy in saying, hey, look, just because we're losing doesn't mean we're not any good. You know, we just got to find a way to win and continue to get better. And, and the year that those kids buy in, or the, you know, is usually the years that, that you're going to have some su- success at the end of the year. And, you know, I think this team we got coming up this year is, is going to be a team that's going to be very similar to that. Yeah. And you've always been plagued by this this tough district, always in that tough class. You know, no easy games anywhere on that schedule within district play or, um, I mean, in basket, like basketball, we talk, you know, district and region. One of the reasons that we play a, a really tough schedule year in and year out is because our district is so good yeah. and it's so competitive that, it, in my opinion, I would rather lose games but know that my kids are getting better. And like you said, learning how to win those against teams like that, the teams that don't beat themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things, like I argue, not argue, but – have conversation with coaches that, uh, you know, one, one, a really good friend of mine said to me mm, about a month ago, well, you got to have a schedule with four or five losses that you you know they're probably going to be guaranteed losses. And I, and I literally, I just started laughing. I'm like, what, what schedule is this? Like I, you know, I look at my schedule and they may have four or five guaranteed wins. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's just the, um, whereas I'm not worried about my overall record, I'm worried about, getting to the regional tournament and making a run at that. Right. Always have been. And I think, you know, I think that's the way it has to be. I, I mean, you know, you see some of these teams, and, and there's some teams that, that do this, but, you know, they start off 5-0 and or 4-0, and and they end up 7-4, and and they get beat in yep. the first round of the playoffs. And because their non-district schedule is weak. Right. Yep. And then, you know, and, and that's one of the big reasons, I'll be honest with you, Steve, you know, with all this stuff, talk this past off season with football about playing in, inter-district and that. And, you know, I think it would benefit now, obviously, depending on how it would be set up, our sister district. I mean, we would miss, you know, a good chance we would be tied into the Scott County and Fer- Frederick Douglass district, which wouldn't help us out a ton. But when you look at a lot of these districts across the state, you know, you get a three seed in our district you have a pretty good chance of of being the favorite going in and playing yeah. a two seed in another district um you know and there back in 2013 i think we we were three and seven going into the um playoffs of the year you know we lost a lot of kids and we go down to a, i think nine and one or eight and two anderson county team and you know we were I think we were up twenty-eight to seven, getting ready to score again, and our quarterback gets hurt. Yeah, I remember. You know, and that and that Anderson County team went on to the, to the um, semifinals that year and lost to Pulaski. And you know, we could have very easily. You know, I mean, we felt like we were getting ready to put a, you know close to putting a running clock on them in the first half. And, mm-hmm. You know, and I think that comes down to a lot because of how good football is up here in Northern Kentucky. Talk a little bit about the two thousand and twelve team, and you know, one of the things is is that. It's the 
that season is the type of season that all coach, doesn't matter what sport, those are the seasons that you dream about. If only in, you know, one day, um, you know, you hate to live in the past, right? I hate it. I can't stand talking about going to the state tournament in 2017. Uh, but when you achieve the things that you did that season, it changes the course of the remainder of your career um, just because you want to experience that all over again. And, you know, you will always be a state finalist. That's great. The team was loaded with talent, kids that had been in the program and had worked hard. But, you know, something about that 2012 season, this thing just really clicked. And honestly, doesn't matter. I don't think if Cooper is around for another 100 years, that will always be a season that will be, you know, in the program's history, maybe the most special. Uh, you know, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, you had mentioned it before, that second year those kids came in as freshmen and um, they all stuck together. And and I think the cool thing is that was really the first winning program. You know, that freshman team was really the first winning program we had in, in the school. So, you know, even though it was a freshman and, and usually your freshman teams, you know, don't get the – the excitement that that our football team did but mm-hmm. you know when you're coming into a new school and you know you every school you know every program is winning two three games a year and, and, and getting you know and that's it and then you have a have a team come in i think we went nine and oh that year and you know scott i remember scott county came up here and you know we knocked them off we beat ryle we you know we we beat a lot of those teams and um you know those kids kind of they, they got a little bit of a swagger with them and um, they carried it all the way through all four years, um, and, and, and they stayed close. And, and you know, those kids came in that, that senior year, and you know, my wife will still tell the story. I remember we had a practice; it was in the summer, and you know, I'm always usually that one, kind of the glass is half empty. You know, always, well, what can we do? And you know, we're not going to be very good. And, you know, this and that. And I remember that evening we were kind of laying in bed watching TV, and I kind of looked over and I said, you know what? So this group's, you know, we're capable of being really special this year. And, you know, I really feel really good about this team. And, you know, you could see it early on. And, you know, they were competitive. You know, they had that swagger. They they got along. Um, you know, they enjoyed being in the locker room. I mean, I, I, you know, I remember that year, you know, we would have to kick them out of the locker room after practice. You know, they would be in there at 6.30, 7 o'clock, still in the showers, goofing around and stuff. And, you know, they just really enjoyed being around the game and being around each other. Playoff run here. This was what I remember about this group was it with the, the Road Warrior team. Yep. yep. So five playoff games, all on the road. And we were 9-1 and one at that time. Yeah. You know, I mean, we you know, our only loss during that regular season was against Connor. Connor. And then Connor beat South Oldham, we beat South Oldham, and it was a three-way tie. And we went into that last game of the season, and Connor was playing Cuffcath, and, and I think Cuffcath might have been 8-1 and one or something mm-hmm. at that time. And um, it was a monsoon that night. And, um, you know, we went into the game thinking, okay, well, we're going to be the one seed coming out. You know, because we really didn't expect Connor to go in and beat them. And then Connor went in, I think they won like 10-7 or, or 10-6. It was a real low-scoring tight game. And we come back and we started looking at stuff in the locker room that night like, damn, we're going to be a three-seed. And, um, you know, I know we went and you know, we had scouted it at that time. You had, you know, Anderson County and, and Franklin County were both in that district. And both of those teams were, were pretty darn good mm-hmm. at that time. And South Oldham was good, too. Yeah, they were. Because I went, mm-hmm. Kelly and I went to the 
second round game down at South Oldham. Yep. And you know we we almost got beat. I mean it was a it was a tight ball game. And you know I remember we went to Anderson County that first game, and you know it was the 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 sidelines and the the bleachers were electric. I you know we took our band down with us, and you know I think we we had about three times the amount of fans that you know Anderson County did in the first round, and and South Oldham did the second round, and Frank you know Franklin County was one of the coolest. Um, environments we've ever played in you know they had a really good team that year you know they had the Timmins kid and they had the Woods Wood Woodside kid and they had you know I think they had 3D1 kids on that team I think they were averaging almost 40 something almost 50 something points a game and you know we were lucky enough to go down and beat them and then got the opportunity to go to Harlan County you know when we looked at it I think we traveled almost 2,000 miles in those five weeks yeah the Harlan I remember the Harlan County because it was like a cold, misty, rainy uh, for the semifinals. Uh, typical semifinals yeah. weather. And I had stayed at home and I was watching, um, I don't even know, there was a live stream. There was a live stream somewhere because I was off because I was working the next week. But um, I, I was like watching a game. I think I'm about Newcast because Tommy was playing for Newport Catholic. Okay. So live streamed the Newcast game and then was listening to the Harlan County Cooper game on the radio and just like vegging out, drinking beer, yep. <laughs> you know, enjoying not being wet and cold. But this it was a great. It was just a a, a magical time in in our in our friend group. Number one, because you had Eddie, yep, you know, was the head coach at Newport Catholic at the time, and uh, obviously you. So it was nice to be able to have something to root and I had talked to Eddie about this last year when he was on but we had that you know that one weekend you know this like how how random is it that you had three guys that you know are in back-to-back classes um, in high school but you know you were Eddie played in the 12 o'clock game you coached the three o'clock or whatever it was I don't know 12 one whatever and then I was the crew chief in the the finals uh, yep. 6a game you know just how you know how random is that that yep. it just comes out that way yeah i mean you know and i know we talked that week about it and it was like you know i know you were excited we were excited and you know like you said i mean i don't ever that's always your goal yeah to be there but i don't know if you really ever you know truly believe it's going to happen to you um you know, I remember talking to our, you know, when we were driving home from Harlan County that Friday night, I, I remember looking our, at our coaches on the bus and saying, fellas, you need to enjoy this because, you know, this might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This doesn't mm-hmm. happen much. And, you know, we had a lot of younger coaches on our staff at the time, and I think they just kind of looked at me like, yeah, right. You know, now we're in year 14, and, you know, we – you know, we had another year. We had an opportunity to be there or a couple of years, but you know, we didn't make it. And I think now those guys are realizing it's not easy. It's elusive. There. Yeah, it's you know, you, not only do you have to be good, you got to have a lot of luck. No. No. You know, and you got to you know. I think that year that you know in 2012, you know, we only played about 15 kids. You know, we played a lot of kids on both sides of the ball. You know, and you know, minus special teams. I mean, we played a lot of guys on both sides of the ball and. You know, we were really fortunate. We didn't have any injuries or, or no main major injuries that, that sat any of our kids at any big, you know, important times during the season. And, you know, in order to, you know, play a 5A schedule and play the schedule we had, and, you know, the, the Collins kid must probably ran the ball about 30 times a ball game. You know, our quarterback ran in another 10 to 15. I mean, we really only went one running back all year. And for him to make it 
15 games with that schedule says a lot about mm-hmm. the type of kid he was. Yeah. How tough. State final environment was great. I had left the – as soon as the Newcast game was over, I ran back to the hotel to gut all my stuff and got a shower and put on my suit, and I had to make sure that I was back. And um, by the time that we that they sequester the finals crews about two hours before game time, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that. I, I think they believe that – it's a gambling thing. Like uh, I, I'm being serious. I'm being dead serious. Like that way you're not uh, interfered with, with people. And, and um, my buddy, Rob Vonks, you know, Rob, who was in the game with me, we, um, we sat in the, the end zone, the empty end zone. And we were all by ourselves watching the game. We were rooting it. Obviously it's North Kentucky team. We went, you know, Newcastle had already won. We were just what a North Kentucky to represent. And uh, before they sequestered us, everything was going great for the Cooper Jags, right? Uh, driving, and then there was a fumble, and I was like, ah, damn. Yep. And it was ominous, only because at that point I looked over and I saw the kid, just a rep, coming to get us. And I was like, bro, I can't, I can't be leaving now. Like, are you kidding me? And that was, you know, <laughs> going into that game, you know, we were playing Bowling Green, who obviously so you good. Know, had been there before. Yeah, so good. You know, won it the year before. and. You and know, they like they walked lived. to yeah. the. That's what they're saying. They was like walked to the stadium. Yep. School was ten miles away, and you know, we told our kids all week that you know the first six to seven minutes of that football game could be the difference in it. And we, you know, we had to come out and and not let our nerves get to us and make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you know, we come out the first play of the game and we run a play action pass that that we had saw that we felt we could run all week. And you know, our quarterback had done a great great job all year and you know it was a good ball he just threw it you know a second or two late and, and it got picked on the first play and they go down and score we get the ball right back we you know we run the kickoff back to about the eight yard line and we fumble the next play so you know we end up losing by 14 and, and you know not that that was that lost us a ball game but you know it was you know we had an uphill battle after that and our kids settled down and you know we got to yeah. stop right after that and we scored and I think it was 6-6 at that time and you know, it kind of went back and forth, but you know that was a really good football team, and you know I thought our kids played well that game. They I mean, did. I don't think our kids did anything wrong. I no, they didn't. But Bowling know. Green just did not beat themselves. No, they didn't, and they had some athletes, and you know they were a team that when they needed a play, they had someone that would make that play mm-hmm. for them. I and mean, they, they were in the middle of a big stretch too, they where were. they were just dominating. Mm-hmm. And they, I remember first series of second half. I think we were down seven at the time, or down seven and a half, and. We told our kids they had the ball coming out. We said, you know, this first series is going to be huge for us coming out in the second half. And first play, we had the kid swallowed up for about a three, four-yard uh, loss. And then next thing you know, he, he breaks tackle and runs down the sideline for about a 20, yeah. you know, 30, 35-yard gain. And, you know, that's just the team. You know, they just had a great team. And, you know, our kids had nothing to be ashamed of. And, you know, we were really proud of our kids after that game and, and felt like they left everything on the field. And, you know, that group will never have anything to, to – put their no. heads down about no and here's the other thing about about that group is you had this the younger group not the junior class but the group below them or the groups below them were full of talent as well mm-hmm. and you know obviously it, the next year was not the greatest of years you're kind of coming off of that uh, state final hangover you know you lose your dogs you know your big playmakers mm-hmm. the guys that have been there and you say look sometimes you got to play 15 kids, like you yeah. said. Uh, sometimes you got to do them both both ways. A lot of schools do that. And when those guys go, sometimes the other guys just aren't ready. Not you know, throwing them under the bus. But um, the younger kids were able to learn from that, right? And 
you come out, was it in 14, go back to the semifinals, you know, take up, you know, what was that, uh, eight, nine, ten win season on that yeah. as well. But those are the things that they were learning from that older group. Yep. You know, I mean, imagine they had the same kind of bond and everything else. Yep, and we had a real good freshman group again that year. And, um, you know, we brought a lot, of, you know, we brought a lot of those kids up for that playoff run. And, and kind of let them experience it and, and be on the sideline and and just to see yeah. what it, how those kids were and, and how they handled themselves and you know what it was like to be a Cooper Jaguar yeah. and those kids came in as sophomores and a lot of those kids ended up you know getting valuable time for us and you know we kind of grew with that group and by the time they were seniors you know we were pretty darn good again yeah and even in fifteen I mean yeah. you're in the regional you're a point away from winning the regional you know, championship. Yep. And going that, back to the semifinals. Yep. And that was a game I, you know, I'll never forget this. We were playing Simon on our field and, um, you know, they score and I, can, I think they missed the extra point and then we go, but that morning about five thirty in the morning, my phone dings and as I'm getting up and it was our kicker who, um, sent me a text that, Hey coach, I'm not going to be at the game tonight. I have an appendicitis. I, I, oh. so, um, he was in the hospital going in for emergency surgery. So, you know, we went into that game without a kicker. And um, we scored with about a minute and a half left in the ball game, and uh, we went for two for the win and didn't get it. Got the onside kick back and just couldn't do anything with it. So, you know, you, you can sit and say what ifs, but you know, if we had our kicker, it could have been a different outcome yeah. that game as well. We'll talk a little bit about your assistance and just knowing you and knowing your staff. You know, you've had a lot of guys that have been together. Your group has been together for a long time. You know, I, we talked before. You know, you're a loyal guy. You know, been at your places a long time. Um, what is it? What is it about this group? You know that just that you appreciate the most with them. Well, <clears throat> I think it's a loyalty toward towards us. Uh, you know, towards me, um, towards our kids. Um, we, you know, I feel like we got a staff that that ultimately puts the kids first. Um, it's a staff with, with you know low e low egos. Um, they're always going to do what's best for the kids. Um, they've always been loyal to me, you know, and let's, let's be honest, the last couple of years haven't been great for our program. Those guys have always stuck by and, and continue to believe in what we're trying to do. And, you know, they'll, you know, they're not afraid to let me know if they think we need to change something up, but at the same time, they're not going to be guys that are going to go out in the community and, and talk bad about our program or our kids or myself. And, you know, and not only that, but they're also just great guys that, that, you know, we've become great friends and our families are close and, you know, it's just a good relationship that we have. And, you know, we, you know, I've talked multiple times throughout this that, you know, it, your special teams are going to be teams that, that your kids are close with one another and they like being around one another. And that's kind of the way it is with our coaches. You know, we get along, you know, we joke around, you know, and I've been on some staffs where your coaches really don't get along and they really don't like each other. And it's miserable to coach on those staffs. And, to have a staff that, that the guys respect each other and, and they truly love to be around each other, you know, makes it makes it a great experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I like about it is that you, you're viewed more as like the offensive guy. I don't know if that's fair or not, but you know, Randy's an, he's an offensive coach. But your program, your programs, I mean, obviously minus the first couple of years, like once you were able to get the players in, it's always been a really good defensive program. Cooper, the Cooper team, always. And, you know, your your assistants do a lot of that stuff, mm -hmm. and which is invaluable, especially right. playing in 5A and 6A. Yep. And, you know, I, I, you know, I do call the offense, but I, I'm a big believer, like, that your defense wins your football games. Yeah. And, um, you know, we put a ton of emphasis on the defensive end. And, 
you know, before I became a head coach, I was always a defensive coordinator. And, um, you know, my first job is, a, you know, first head coaching, you know, job at Ludlow when I first took over. I'm like, you know, I'm going to call the defense and let someone call the offense. And, you know, one of the things that, that you know, I realized real quick is as a defensive coordinator, you don't have nearly the ability to control the game as you do when you're the offensive coordinator. And um, at that time, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go on the offensive side and um, kind of try to control the game. And, you know, as a staff, and I think it's our philosophy and our coaches have bought into it and they do a great job with it where, you know, years that, that, that we're real good defensively, we're not going to take a lot of chances offensively. You know, we may win a game 10 to 7 or we may win a game 14 to 12, but, you know, we're going to we're gonna put our defense in good position where, you know, we're not giving up a short field or, and giving up, you know, the team a short, a short distance to score. And then years that we may not, you know, there's been a couple of years we haven't been very good defensively. You know, back in 2017, we just weren't very good. And, um, you know, we were chucking the ball around and, you know, we were we were winning or losing 49 to 42, you know. So I think it just all depends on who you have and the philosophy that you have. But our coaches do a great job of always adapting to, to our players and, and um, you know, kind of putting them in the best position to be successful. What are you looking forward to about this year? Um, Minus not having the COVID stuff. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> we're really excited. You know, we got our, our quarterback back after taking a year off. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah. What happened last year? So – you know, obviously, we went into the COVID year. Um, you know, two years ago, you know, it was a we made a difficult decision. We had, you know, Jeremiah Lee that had been a two year starter for us, um, great athlete. You know, Very did a lot of good things, and every time he touched the ball, you know, you knew he had an opportunity to make a big play and score. But um, you know, we made the decision to go with a sophomore quarterback with with drew worth and you know we felt like he you know he fit our system on what we like to do a little bit more and you know we felt like we could get jeremiah in some different situations and you know he came out as a sophomore and, and continued to get better as the year went on and um you know by the end of the year we felt like he was playing you know he had a great year good <laughs> yeah he had and a then, really good year you know last year we were really excited we felt like we had some really good key skill guys coming back and, and some really good receivers and you know, we were planning on spreading teams out and chucking the ball around. And then out of nowhere, you know, when we got back into it in July, you know, he came in one day and we're running and his arm swells up and it gets all purple. And, you know, right away I think we were all afraid it could have been a blood clot. And, and um, you know, we got him into the doctors. And he had some genetic thing that, that you know, his one of his ribs was cutting off some of the blood circulation to his heart. They had to go in and do emergency surgery, and he was out the entire year. So, you know, we it kind of changed up what we wanted to do. You know, obviously we had Jeremiah that, that we knew we could put back there, and, and, you know, he could do really good things for us. But it kind of changed up what we wanted to do offensively and kind of, you know, and, and with us having a shortened Yeah, you know, the preseason anyway, was so rough. It really kind of put us behind the eight ball a little bit, but – you know, I mean, he did a great, great job. He ended up getting a, sur you know, surgery one on, you know, surgery on both shoulders at different times, and he worked his tail end off this off season to get back. He, you know, he came back about three months earlier than what they were anticipating. Had a great spring ball, had a great summer at camps and that, and we're really expecting big things out of him this year. Yeah, and that's the thing with the way your offense, you, you know, your offense, and like, if anybody's watched like, you know, Cubcat, you and Eddie, you guys have a very similar way you guys go about things, and. You know, you've always seemed like you've had been really fortunate one quarterbacks since you've been, you know, since you guys have been really good, I mm -hmm. should say. Um, 
not being not being mean to the first couple of years, but um, it is what it is. Right. So, it, it, you know, and I, and I completely understood like the whole Jeremiah Lee thing. I mean, he's so dynamic. Right. You know, but what one of the things I enjoyed about last year, uh, you know, obviously, I didn't know what had happened with Drew going on and uh, early in the preseason, and the things happened late and pretty quick too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you know, watching you guys play in the first game of the year against Campbell County, you could just tell that the that the the pace was off, the the rhythm was off with the group, and that, that's what happens with any team, especially. I mean, offenses were not very good earlier on last right. year just because of all the COVID restrictions. But, you know, you got a kid like Jeremiah, you know, his brain is wired just differently. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just so spectacular that, like you said, he can do anything right. at any given time. So, and, you know, and, and, and you try to do too much too. And that's not a shot on him. Right. It's just, a, it, it's the reality of, you know, the, the his DNA, mm-hmm. right? He just, he's a playmaker. Right. And he's a competitor, and yeah. he wants to be. You know, you, you always want a guy that wants the ball in their hands to win your football games. Mm-hmm. And Jeremiah was that guy. You know, it's just you know the. And this is nothing I I didn't say to him for for four years. Is you know, high school football is much different than pee wee football. And um, you know, he was always the most athletic kid on the field. But in Pee Wee, you can be the most athletic kid on the field and make plays. At high school, teams are going to basically prepare to stop you. And, um, you know, that's what we faced every week is, you know, every team we came into, their game defensive game plan was if we can stop Jeremiah Lee, we're going to beat them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, it was getting to him like it's okay to let someone else be the guy for that game yeah. you know and, and and not that i don't think it was because he was selfish or anything it's just he was always so used to being the one making the play he didn't know any different yeah what else we expect this year from the jags well you know i i, I tell people all the time this team reminds me a lot of that 2011 team um you know we we got a, a good core nucleus of seniors that i think you know i think this is the best um, team chemistry that we've had since most probably 2015, 2016. Um, Played a lot of young kids last year too. We did, and we're going to be playing some young kids this year as well. Um, you know, but but we got the you know Adam Sands, a three year starter that's going to be a senior. You know, Drew's coming back for us. You know, we got Eli White that's going to be a junior. My man, Eli, that's coming back. And He's good, bro. He is good. You know, I've known his dad a long time. Yeah, we got the Jacob Harmeyer kid. I mean, we got a lot of good quality parts together. Um, you know, we got the Austin Alexander that's going to be a freshman that, in my opinion, in the next couple of years will be the best kid in this area playing football. Uh, the the, the uh, Loniker kid who, who's going to be a sophomore, that's going to be an absolute beast, we feel. So, you know, we feel like we got the parts together, but again, we're going to be young. So, you know, and it, doesn't, at, it doesn't help that you start off at, at GRC. Correct. Home against Dixie. Yep. yep. <laughs> Ryle. Gamble and then Cuffgath. Yep, and you know, and that's the first thing I told our parents at, at our parent meeting wow. this year was, "Hey, we're going to be young. Yeah. Um, you know, we just need you guys to be patient with this team. Know that we could take some lumps early on, but that doesn't mean by the end of the year we're not going to be really good and competing. And um, you know, we just gotta gotta continue to preach that to our kids and stay healthy know, too. Just, yep, and you guys have seemed like the last like I don't know, maybe six years. You know, just when I think that you're like a player away from being back in the semifinals, right? Something stupid happens 
crazy and a kid, you know, tears a, this or that or breaks this or that. It was like a curse. Well, you, you know, like I told you when we were talking about the 2012 team, you got to be lucky and you got to have some breaks. And, you know, we're not any different than anybody else. Everyone else seems to, to have that. And I think some of it comes down to, you know, how deep you are as a team. And, and I think this is going to be one of the deeper teams that we've had um, in the last four to five years. And, you know, I think we're going to have the ability to be able to bounce back if we have an injury, whereas the last couple of years it, we we didn't feel like we had kids that we could step in and not lose a beat, where I think we have that this year. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you coming out, man. Hey, enjoy being on it. Yeah. That, Number you know, 54. Yeah, I know, Number I 54. I say that. No, you guys do a great job, man. I appreciate, appreciate it. No, having I'm, the opportunity. I'm, I enjoy it. Wishing right. you luck, man. Thanks. We'll need hey, it. Be good. Be nice to those football referees, man. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, we get a good a couple good crews this year. You got to know a guy. Yeah. So, Randy yeah. Borchers, Cooper Jaguar, football coach. We'll see you guys next time.